Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello everybody, good evening, welcome. Oh, turn the music right down, that's not going to help. Uh, welcome back, we have been away a little while. Uh, I'll explain a little bit in a second as to what's been going on with that and why we've not necessarily been around as much as we'd like. But uh, we have returned, it's episode 234, I believe, 234. And uh, yeah, it is, 234, all good. And joining us this evening is the usual Motley crew. Good evening, Key. Hello. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm very much looking forward to hearing all about your California trip I know, tonight. It's, it's taken so long to get to this point, uh, but it's all good. Uh, good evening, John. Bonjour, my British chums. And you're not still in France, are you? No. Oh, okay. And uh, good evening, Susan. Good evening. I've turned my video off now because. The cat was licking its unmentionable. Yes, on camera, which we didn't want to see. Uh, and Gareth is currently, I think he's in Chessington, isn't he? He's yeah, cheating. Chessington Thought Park. Yeah, he's cheating on Disney, so uh, it's all good. Uh, well, yeah, this evening, basically, uh, this is the first episode we've done since I've returned from California. And obviously, the last episode, we were talking about the fact that when I returned, we'd talk about uh, all the stuff that I did and what happened and all those bits and pieces. So that's pretty much what we're going to do today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, my good, bad and ugly of my trip to uh, to California. Um, so i don't know how you want to do this do you want to shall i just kind of go straight into good bads and uglies do you want to ask me anything do you want to no go straight in so i can criticize you okay fine so um so give you oh before we start that what i'll say is one of the reasons why we've not been around for a little while unfortunately i had a major family uh emergency news etc etc which meant i've not been around very much unfortunately so i've had uh, a lot of that to deal with so we wanted to record this ages ago we couldn't and then we couldn't find a time for anything and then it all got up in the air. Anyway, we're, we're here now, so it's all good. Um, so I'll do my good, bad, ugly. That's basically what, the way I'll work it. And then uh, John can criticise things as we go through. I'll be honest, there's not... There's the Ugly is really short. Bad's got a few, but nothing major. And I've got loads of good. So um, it should I like be right. the way you so work it's all it. good. So, okay. so, <laughs> are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just in a... I, 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 I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> It's just very chipper. Honestly, I've just had the most banging cauliflower cheese and I'm buzzing from it. Right, that's what it is then. It's obviously cauliflower cheese related. Right, so start off with ugly then. So the first thing, and and I've got to say that all of my uglies are, well, most of my uglies are not necessarily directly Disney's fault. One of them is, but the others aren't. Um, so the first one, which really is Disney's fault, and this is a real ugly for me from this trip, and I don't. this isn't Disneyland related. I think this is just Disney in general. That has become a kind of real elitist nature to visiting parks and this is one of the things that i obviously discovered while we're out there with having genie plus there um you know you've got you've got people who are in three camps now you've got those who can, who are going to the parks can't afford genie plus and just go and get in as many rides as they can uh, with the queues that they are we've got those people now who can afford the 20 dollars a day per person to go and use genie plus and that's absolutely fine and then you've got those who can afford to play, pay $20 a day for Genie Plus and have still got additional cash to then get individual Genie Plus reservations for those attractions that aren't included in your normal Genie Plus. So Rise of the Resistance, for example, and uh, Radiator Spring Racers, if you want to use a Genie Plus for that, they're extra on top of if you've already got a Genie Plus. Um, and I've just... I just noticed that there's this kind of real elitist nature started to come in. Uh, and I don't know whether you guys have noticed it as well. Um, especially, John, because you've just been to Paris as well. Whether or not this is something you've kind of come across. 
Um, well, Paris don't do the Genie Plus, but it's Paris right, have abolished fast passes. Yeah. And but you can buy buy individual, so they don't do something like Genie Plus no. where you can pay fifteen euros and you get to fast pass all day. They literally do individual which, right, which is even worse. Which is even worse, and that for me is way more um, elitist. However, and here's the here's the caveat: Go on. it made all the queues much more bearable. Okay, because there's nobody going through the fast pass queues. I suppose, yeah, because it is so expensive. But I it. think that is Disneyland Paris exclusive. Because who's paying? Yeah, well, fifteen euros well, to skip the queue at Crush. So it's so much money. So it's twenty dollars per person to ride Radiator Springs races the Genie Plus, right? I was like, I'm not the, paying I, it. That is, it's it's stupid. Yeah, I'm not paying it. Absolutely not paying it. Uh, and we ended up getting in the queue for it. It said it was a seventy minute queue, and we ended up queuing eighty five minutes for it. And it was at that point, as I was watching all these people go past in the in the lightning lanes, going, "You just that's twenty dollars, thirty dollars." Just adding up how much money Disney have just made from these people just so they can get through. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it just irks me. And I just, I don't like the way that this elitist nature has started to come in and come through. Um, that's that's JPEG for you. It is indeed. Which take leads me on to another ugly that I found. Or I think I saw more often this trip than I've ever seen before. And that is did this see, idea. Did you see JPEG in the park? No, I Because that's no. pretty ugly. That is pretty ugly. No. Queue jumping. Right now, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. You go and get in the queue for a ride, and little little Millie, who is four, turns around and goes, "I need the toilet." Fine, take her to the toilet. No problems whatsoever with you taking her to the toilet and coming back and joining Mum, who stayed there in the queue. So why are you queuing? No issues whatsoever. What I do have issues with is 45, 50 minutes in, when the lady up in front, who's been stood there for 45 minutes. 45 50 minutes is suddenly joined by dad and the three older boys who quite clearly have been on a ride somewhere else and have just skipped through 50 minutes of the queue in order for them to come and stand with mum because she started queuing for them all already and this was happening more and more and more and there's just nothing being done about it and it just really infuriated me the whole time i was there and it's like something i think disney needs to start cracking down on because it's just getting silly. Um, I find that is most rife in Disneyland. Right. So I, I did wonder whether it might have been a Disneyland specific thing. Yeah. But it just uh, I, does I find it in. most rife in Disneyland because people at Disneyland, they're all IP holders. Yeah. So they all tend to go in massive groups of massive families. And I have literally been in the queue and like one, two, three, four. And they're like, you're like, how many of you? Are there? Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Yeah, and it got to the point where one time, when I was there last time, me and my friend just refused to move. Yeah. We're just like, nope. They were like, we're joining a family. And we were like, we don't care. It does. We actually don't in. care. You should have joined your family at when the they same time them. they Absolutely, did. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, the, and, it, and the, that, it, needs, it needs more people to do things like that, to just turn around and go, yeah. no. No, you're not doing nope. it. Nope. Now, there was only one occasion I saw a cast member do something about it, and that's because the family tried to cross over at the point where the lightning lane was. And the cast member went, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, what are you doing? And they tried, and she was like, no, you can't do that. And they, they went all the way back. And they ended up then walking all the way through the queue to come and join them anyway. So they did it, even though they, you know, they did the long way around. But yeah, it just really infuriated me. Really, really infuriated me. Um, my last ugly is Disney fan hordes and Disney fan hoarders. Um, Main Street Electrical Parade brought out the worst kind of Disney fan. Um, Agreed. So they had the popcorn buckets, they had the sipper cups, they had people queuing. The queues for sipper cups and popcorn buckets were ridiculous. And I admit, it was like they taped down queues on the floor because they knew what was going to happen. And then there were there were fans there who had got four or five popcorn buckets, four or five sipper cups, who were sat down waiting for the Main Street Electrical Parade at 10am and were quite clearly putting some of these things on eBay. Because they don't need five popcorn buckets, quite obvious. 
Um, and it just, again, you know, seeing, and I know Main Street Electrical Parade's not been around for, for a long time, but just seeing the number of people who were like camping out from the very, very first part, uh, as soon as the park opened. There was one woman sat on a blanket. She got a work laptop out. She was blatantly just set up her office uh, at the side of the road in Fantasyland. Um, and it's just like hordes and hordes of Disney fans who are like I'm protective over their space and they're I'm not going to move and I'm going to be here etc etc and I'm going to stand and I just risked it and we just went right an hour before if I can find a, a space for Main Street Electrical Parade we're going to go and squeeze in and did it and I did the British thing which was uh, I found a space I stood in it and the people behind who had been sitting for ages but had left a space there had a moan and I just did the British thing just ignored it um, but they could see we didn't get in the way and it was fine but it was just the hordes of people just collecting this stuff it just yeah I hated it it was awful it just it gave a really kind of uneasy atmosphere in the park because you got these people who come in to get their collectibles and they were going to watch the Main Street Electrical Parade no matter what and this was and yeah it just made it a little bit unpleasant but again, I, I guess that goes down to there being so many annual pass holders. That's what it is. It's literally that. Annual pass holders. Because they, they can do that. So, they're, they're my uglies. And like I say, majority of those are due to the people that go rather than the actual park itself. Have they yeah. put a cap on annual pass holders there? No. No, they have no. But they're still they're doing reservation system like Disneyland Paris are as well. You have to reserve your days there. Um, okay, so let's let's go past ugly. I'm going to bad, and then I've got a massive list for good. So don't panic. I've got loads coming. Um, so mobile ordering. So I don't know how well uh, what you know how well you know about mobile ordering and how it works. Um, well, I, when I was there in 2019, yeah. which is the last time I was there, I loved it. So mobile ordering itself is brilliant. Okay, yeah. we were able to stand in a queue. We stood in it. We were in the queue for it's a small world, and we decided right, we're going to order dinner for an hour and a half's time. No problems whatsoever. So we did that. We got it all ordered. We paid for it on the app. Brilliant. No problems whatsoever. So we've now got a time. We know what time we're going to go and get dinner uh, and how it's all going to work. No problems. So we did that, and then we uh, obviously got to the location and clicked on we're here to collect our order, and then we waited like twenty five minutes. For our food to come out that's a bit excessive yeah and it was this this is what we found with the mobile ordering is that you ended up waiting forever for food to come out so we eventually got it down to a little bit of a fine art which was the idea that we would order it about 20 minutes before we wanted it or while we were in the queue for a ride and then you would say you were here when you weren't there and then you would walk over and then you might only wait 10 5 10 minutes in order to get your food because you'd actually cheated the system slightly. Not that's not how the system is supposed to work. Just how we started to use the system. But it was just mobile ordering was ridiculously slow. Um, so it didn't really. It's supposed to quicken things up. It didn't. It just slowed everything down because you ended up ordering and paying for it in advance, but then waiting forever for your food anyway, which I still thought was wasn't the point. Uh, that goes on to my, that brings me on to my my next bad, which is the ironic title of uh, quick service restaurants um, because the other thing we found again was the speed of quick service restaurants was horrifically slow everything we every every time we went to a quick service restaurant it just took forever to get served and I don't Disneyland know, Paris slow? yeah Disneyland Paris slow at times worse than that um, so we went to there was one evening we were in California Adventure we went down to Pacific Wharf uh, Gwen wanted one thing from the Lucky, is it Lucky Cookie or something? I can't remember which one it's called. Yeah. Uh, and the I Chinese. decided, yeah, the Chinese. And I decided I was going to go and get myself a bread bowl uh, from um, the Pacific Wharf Cafe. And I got mine, yeah. again, the queue is massive, took forever. Uh, and the Lucky, whatever it is, for, Lucky is it Lucky Fortune Cookies or something like that? I can't remember what it's something called. Something like that, yeah. Uh, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me have a look. I can't remember what it's called. Um, Basically, she was in the queue for ages, and she was in the queue for so long that it got close. Yeah, the Lucky Fortune Cookery. Uh, it got so close to closing time for them that they actually turned around and said, um, we haven't really got any food left, and this is all we've got left, and if you want it, stay in the queue, and if you don't, you have to leave. And she'd been in the queue for like 25 minutes by this point, uh, and she was fuming and left and went obviously went elsewhere. But quick service, it just we found that the ordering of quick service and mobile service and that sort of stuff 
was just horrifically slow all of the time. Um, and then that comes on to something that I mentioned to you guys in a WhatsApp group when I was there, was this idea of asking to customise food due to dietary requirements. And they just looked at you and went, what? So um, we had something and it had cheese on it and Gwen is lactose intolerant, got to be careful what she eats. She asked them to remove the cheese and they went, no, I'm sorry, can't do that. And like, right, okay. And then we ordered a cookie, it was a chocolate chip cookie, um, oh, what do you call them now? Funnel cake. Uh, and it comes with cream on it and that sort of stuff. She said, I can't have cream, can you take that off for me? No, we can't do that either. Right. That really surprises me because Disney yeah. World well, are kind of notoriously good for that, and aren't equally, they? It surprises me as well because Disneyland are really, really and, good at it. It's California, for God's sake. Everyone's a picky eater. And on the mobile ordering app, you can't customise your food. That's wrong. That That's terrible, that. So we were like, what? What is going on here? And we, man we managed to eventually get to a point with a couple of them where they were able to do something with it. But on the whole, on the whole they turned around and they were like, no, we can't really customise that, sorry. And we can't customise that either, sorry. And it just became a bit of a running joke. But um, anyway, uh, that was another bad. Um, Genie Plus is bad. Oh, it's only bad. But it's not just on my bad, but it is on my bad. Because basically Genie Plus is fast pass, but you have to pay for it. And yeah. that's why it's bad. Because it's exactly the same as the fast pass system was before. You've just now got to pay for it. And that's why I put it on my bad, because you have to pay for it. Because like Disney have just gone, oh, that system that we've done for free for years and years and years, let's start charging people for it. But it'll be exactly the same system as it was beforehand. You've just got to start paying for it. Um, but so that, that's not new in Disneyland. Disneyland have done that for years. You no, know, no, they, they've had Max Pass beforehand, but, but you still but have. What, yeah, you could still get paper yeah, passes. Yeah. Whereas Genie Plus now is you got to pay for it. So I put it on my badge for that reason. But and you worry. can't even do it in advance. you got to do it on the day. you got to do it on the day and you've got to make sure you're in the park and all of that malarkey. But that's fine. But that one is Disney specific and not Disneyland specific. No, no, yeah, correct. That's Disney specific. Yeah, Genie Plus is bad. Uh, but I'll come to that. The other one, now this is really, and this is the one I said to you that I was really in, uh, intrigued by. Whenever I've been to Disneyland Paris or Disney World, etc., I kind of know what to expect as to be a response from cast members and I found that sometimes the Disneyland cast members, kind of the experience with them was very inconsistent with their attitudes and the way they were and the way they spoke. And I tested this out after I'd spoken to you. I've got a t-shirt that says on the front of it, I love cast members. And I thought, I'm going to wear it in the park and I'm going to see what reaction I got. I got very little reaction from most cast members. Three or four went, oh, I love your t-shirt. That's fantastic. We love you too, as they do. But on the whole, most people just didn't even respond at all. And I found that really weird. It was a little less like, what you you kind of get in Orlando, where everyone's you know, always very enthusiastic and happy and that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, the the server we had in Cafe Orleans, it was quite obvious he was looking forward to going home. Uh, the food was great, but he was just like, "Yeah, I'm done now. I don't want to be here anymore." And it was quite obvious from the from his attitude that it wasn't great. So there was a real inconsistency in sort of the attitude of cast members. I would say more so when it came to dining locations and attraction cast members. Um, and I don't know whether there's a reason for that or whatever. Are they overworked because they're not going to staff? I don't know. But there was a, re and I, I mentioned it. And I know you, John. You said you were really surprised. I genuinely, genuinely surprised at that because I've always found cast members um, at Disneyland to be incredible because most of the cast members at Disneyland grew up around Disney and yeah. are locals yeah. and love Disneyland. So it's that's really weird. why I'm so surprised. Yeah, and I was, and I, I expected it not to be the same. And I think it did change. Like, as we went further through the trip, I think we found that cast members seemed to be better than they were earlier in the trip. I don't know why. But, yeah, that was one thing that wasn't great. Um, the only thing I can perhaps try and assume from that is it, it might be to do with so many of them being laid off at the start of that's, COVID. That's the only thing I can think of, that it's something to do with that. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it, but hey ho. Um, I've I, I toyed with putting this one on bad, and I only put it on bad because, and it's not horrific, but what I found sometimes is the Wi-Fi was a little bit spotty. Now the issue, oh, I agree. We, the Wi-Fi. The, the issue we had with the Wi-Fi is my phone I couldn't use abroad unless I was connected to the Wi-Fi, 
because of uh, my account. My uh, I'm with Vodafone and they're rubbish. Um, and they basically said, yeah, you can't use your phone as a phone unless you know you got it connected to Wi-Fi. And obviously, I had Genie Plus and stuff on it. And what I found was there was one day we were in the park. Luckily, we didn't have Genie Plus that day, where um, I couldn't get the Wi-Fi to work at all. Just did not want to play ball. Uh, it was lucky. It was it was only in the evenings, I think, and it didn't really matter massively. But it really wasn't happy in the slightest. Uh, but the other thing I found, the other issue, is like we were in Galaxy's Edge. We'd used uh, Genie Plus to get in the queue for Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run. And I was like, great, we can sort out what we're going to do next. But as soon as we got into the show building, I lost all signal. And I was like, oh, I can't actually book another uh, reservation time now, another fast pass, so to speak, because I haven't got any signal and it doesn't work. Um, so that was a couple of issues that I had, which was the Wi-Fi was a little bit spotty. Most of the time, it was absolutely fine. But there were some areas that I absolutely learned. I learned as I went on, that's a black spot. Don't do it there. That's definitely a black spot. That one is as well. Um, mostly in Disneyland. California Adventure, I found it was actually pretty decent most of the time. But there's some black spots. So, yeah, when you get into up to Galaxy's Edge, when you end up out towards Space Mountain, you might as well give up. Um, and some bits and pieces. So there were some of those as we went that were, were issues. But, yeah, the, the Wi-Fi wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because some people really made out it was going to be awful. But it was a bit awful. Right, next one, and this is, I'm blaming John for this one. Bad. What? The swinging seats of Pal Around. The what? The oh, oh <laughs> my God. You've only got yourself to blame if you right. actually went on that. So, John <laughs> went, if you're going on Pal Around, you have to go on the swinging gondolas. And I was like, yeah. well, it can't be that bad. Oh, I've never felt so sick in my it's called life. called Mickey's Wheel of Death. Oh, my God. Genuinely, uh, no, like... it's, it's, it used to be called Mickey's Fun Wheel, yeah. Um, and the Americans think they changed it to Mickey's Churn Wheel, oh. and then it's now called Pixar Puke Around. I genuinely didn't realize <laughs> it was going to be that bad, and honestly, I've felt so we both felt so ill when we got off. I love it. <laughs> so, we went on again with non swinging gondolas, absolutely fine, no problems whatsoever, lovely ride. But the swinging ones, no, I genuinely felt awful. I love it because I love going on the newbies as well. That's why I was like, film Gwen when you go well, we on did. the swing. And we were like, well, the first one, I was like, well, what's nothing wrong with it? It's fine. And then you, and I sent you that video and you were like, no, no, no wait for the big one. No, wait like, for the big what? one. And then we got the big one. And I'm like, my God. But genuinely, I felt so sick. We both did. It was there's actually sick bags in the sun. Yeah, I know. It's like, there's not many rides these days at Disney where there's sick bags. And this turns out, a, a, what seems like a harmless... Uh, very merry-go-round uh, not mega a ferris wheel uh it's just, yeah i was yeah i did not feel good afterwards i'll be honest but there you go um how long does it take to go all the way around uh it takes a little while but you yeah, don't because they fill the cars up three yeah. by three yeah about that yeah and then, and then once all the cars are filled they give you a one sort of the whole around yeah once. and that's the point when you get it and yeah, I genuinely felt so ill afterwards. So that's bad. Just that's a warning to everybody. D just don't go on that. You'll be ill. Um, I think I'd have to try it just for the experience. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. You've got to try it. it. But my God, right. Anyway, um, my last one. Okay, and this is a this is a people thing again. This is not a Disney thing, right? This is probably controversial. We're going to say it anyway, right? If you go to a Disney park. And you have a little ECV vehicle, right? It doesn't give you priority of getting around the park over everybody else, right? And I found this this seriously annoyed me. So you're in a big queue of people, and you're all heading in one direction. So the worst bit was we finished watching the fireworks in Disneyland Park, and we were all heading out of the park. Everyone's fully out. Um, and it was the Mickey's Mix Magic... Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Mickey's music mix thing. We're all heading out of the park. Everybody's heading down Main Street, right? We've got two ECV vehicles behind us beeping their horns, trying to get everybody out of the way so they can get through. We're like, I don't know where you're going because if we get out of the way, there's going to be hundreds of other. And it's like, you don't get priority to get through everybody because you're in a vehicle. You've got a queue like everybody else. It annoyed me. Genuinely, I was like, that's why I put it in my bad because it just frustrated me because, like, we're all trying to get out of a park at the same time and it doesn't give you priority to leave above everybody else. 
And now everyone's gone quiet because I told you it was controversial, but it really, really irritated me. Like, really... I don't think it's controversial. I just think it's that's the same in every Disney park. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's world. not just Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, this is not a Disneyland thing. It just truly irritates me. And I don't have a problem with them being able to go onto rides by not queuing and having different entrances and all that sort of stuff. And that's absolutely fine because everyone has like, equal opportunities to be able to do what it is that they need to do. But when it comes to leaving a park, you just you just wait with everybody else because that's just how it works and it's just tough. Uh, right, that's all my articles and my, my bads. I'm going on to goods, all right? So this is going to be the longer list. So on my good, first off, Genie Plus. Because it does work really, really well. Uh, I didn't have any issues using it while we were there. It worked brilliantly. You know, we had plenty of uh, choice um, to use. Obviously, as it got later into the evening, your choice was limited. But, as you would expect, it didn't matter massively because the queues also got much, much shorter and it didn't matter. Um, so much so that on the very, very last night, park closed at midnight. Gwen decided at 11 o'clock she was done, she was going back, and it gave me one hour. And I was like, right, how many rides can I fit in in one hour? Uh, and I managed to do um, Big Thunder Mountain, uh, Matterhorn Mountain, uh, Indiana Jones and the Haunted Mansion in the last hour. Um, so that kind of gives you the idea of how quiet it got sort of towards the end of the night, so it didn't matter. But Genie Plus does work. Yeah, that, that, you know. that's good going for an hour. Yeah, I was like, right, I'm on this. Uh, and stop for the toilet as well. Did pretty well. Um, so, but Genie Plus itself, I have no issues with as a system. It works brilliantly. It works really, really well. It's very intuitive. Obviously works through the app uh, and it gives you lots of, uh, lots of availability as you go through the day. Uh, and I just think it works. Yeah, it's, it works really, really well. So it's a really, really good system. Like I said, it is fast pass, so it's not really anything new. It's what they've just used before. But it's you know you, you obviously get your ride photos and all those bits and pieces included as well. Uh, so I would say if you're there for a short period of time, twenty dollars per person isn't horrific. Obviously, there was only two of us, so it was forty dollars, and that was okay. If you're a family of five or six, obviously it then becomes quite pricey. But it is it, if you are very very limited on time in a in Disneyland, then it is worth doing it at least one day to make sure you get uh, as much out of the parks as you can do while you're there. Uh, so yeah, I just found it really really worked quite well. It's interesting because I was a bit. So this is where this this is where it works for people like me. Yeah. Because I tend to go on my own with friends, so yeah. I'm only ever paying for me, mm. not. A family of five. Yeah, so it's okay for you. And it was okay for us yeah. as a family of two, but if we took all the kids, it's $100 a day. And by that point, you're like, right, this is just getting ridiculous. But it did mean that we were able to go and do quite a lot while we were there. And, you know, don't get me wrong, we were there for five days. Uh, we had five days in the park, so we had plenty of time uh, to do stuff. Uh, ironically, we were there for five days. We took one day off, uh, which was on the Wednesday in the middle of the week. And it was the one day that they previewed uh, Main Street Electrical Parade. <laughs> So we could have seen it uh, by surprise, but we hadn't got tickets for that day. Anyway, uh, second good, Galaxy's Edge. Wow. Galaxy's Edge was just like, Rise of the Resistance is genuinely the best Disney ride I've ever been on. Please keep it spoiler-free because I've not been I on won't, it. I won't say anything. Yes, yeah, I, I was just about to say, please um, don't say anything. I won't say anything. It's just amazing. So... I will kind of give you an an, an overview, but I'm not going to spoil anything. It's sort of like part walking attraction, part ride, um, and everything just flows seamlessly one into another. And it is just mind-blowing, honestly. The, the detail, the technology, the story, the just the number of elements. That they've it's, like, it's like three or four rides in one with the different elements that they've put in there. And it's it just, yeah... I only got to ride it once. That's my only regret that I didn't get a chance to ride it again because of the size of the queues and the time that we had. Um, they were always massive. But it's just mind-blowing. So when you get to ride it, I'm not going to spoil it. It's just, yeah, phenomenal. Um, did you pay for Lightning Lane for it or did you just wait it out? No, no, waited it out. We went straight there. How long um, was it? So, and this is, I'll give him a shout out in a minute for this. Um, so we arrived, we went first thing. Um, headed straight over there rope drop and it was a 70 minute wait it said we waited 45 and the reason we went for it is because we bought uh the unofficial guides lines app now i don't know whether you've ever used lines when you've been in the parks 
But basically what it does is through uh, a series of algorithms and data and all this sort of stuff that they've grabbed over years, um, what it tells you is this is how many minutes Disney says it's going to be. This is how many minutes, minutes it will really be. And they were bang on. They said it was going to be 45 minutes and it was. Um, but what you can do while you're in the queues and stuff, while you're there, is you can send them data about how long the wait was. You can time your wait. You can do all those sort of things. Um, uh, Katie is a big fan of lines and is one of the original liners. Yeah. Um, and um, so I used lines a lot while I was there. And it meant that we ended up going on things where the queue said it was much, much bigger than it wasn't. But it's well worth it. I'd queue an hour for it. Easily queue an hour for it. Because it's just amazing. But the Galaxy's Edge itself is good. Uh, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. Um, it's really tricky. It's it's still a good ride. What roles did you get? Uh, I did it twice. So I did it was Pilot the first time and I was Gunner the second time. So the first time I... Uh, it was me and Gwen went on it. and She was a engineer and I was a pilot. Um, and we were on with a couple of other people. The second time I went on it, I went on my own. Uh, and I ended up <laughs> with a family, which was a mum and dad and a four-year-old. And the four-year-old was one of the pilots. Um, and I was the gunner at the back. And it genuinely does make a massive difference to your experience as to who is flying the ship and what they do with their buttons and bits and pieces. Because we failed miserably with a four-year-old pilot in the ship. Um, whereas we did pretty well when we got, I think it was a group of adults when we did it the first time. Um, but it's, it, it is very clever. The problem is, when you have Rise of the Resistance there as well, it really does pale in comparison to what Rise of the Resistance does. So once you've ridden it a couple of times, you've sort of done Smuggler's Run, really, because the story itself doesn't change. It's just how well you do within that story changes. Um, it's clever how it works. Uh, the queue line's really good. You end up, obviously, with the holographic chessboard and gonna have photos around it which is really cool and the way they do it is you kind of end up in that area where the chessboard and everything is you're given a color for your team and then your team's color is called and you get sent and it just feel like you're the only one going to pilot the millennium falcon and then you get on the on the into the the control area for the millennium falcon and you fly it and then when you come out you exit out and it looks exactly the same as when you went in but it's actually an exit so they've worked it all out really, really cleverly. And actually, and this is the one bit that's really cool. Depending on how well you've done in your mission on Smuggler's Run, depends on the state of the exit as you go out. So they can alter it so it can look more worse for wear or better, depending on how much damage you've put for the Millennium Falcon and that sort of stuff, which was really cool. Uh, but as a ride, it's it does pale in comparison to Rise of the Resistance. But the, when you see him landing in Falcon out the front, it's just amazing. And seeing all of the, obviously, the characters wandering around. And that's one of the things I like about Galaxy's Edge. Whereas, obviously, in a lot of other places, you'll go and queue for the characters. Galaxy's Edge, they're just free roaming because it's where they live. Uh, and then it's how it works. And, you know, you'll see Chewie wandering around. We saw Ray on a wander. And there's some stormtroopers who were questioning some little lad who looked like he was a Jedi. And all this sort of stuff that was just really cool the way they did it. But even... But the people who work in all of the retail outlets are really in character. So um, Gwen really wanted to get a Porg to bring back with her. And we were talking about the Porgs. And the guy who worked in that particular store was talking to us about the fact that they were, you know, um, where they originate from. And the fact that uh, Chewie quite enjoyed several of these for dinner and all this sort of stuff. You know, really in detail about the area and about being in character for the land, which was amazing. So, Galaxy's Edge was great. Absolutely loved it. Um, would have spent a much longer there if I could have done. Um, not my favourite part of any of the Disney parks, though. I fell in love with Radiator Springs. It's incredible. It's just unreal. Now, I have a bit of nostalgia for, uh, for cars because... It was sort of the film that Harry watched as, when he was younger. And we sort of watched Cars on repeat. And he knows every word and all of the songs and that sort of stuff. So it was something that we always watched together. So it's quite a sort of special memories with, with it. But when I walked in for the first time, it's just phenomenal. Um, there's obviously two different atmospheres as well. You've got your daytime and your nighttime. And there was one night we turned up at the point where they were doing the sort of light-up ceremony for Radiator Springs. Where they do his life is a dream and all that sort of stuff. It's you know, just, not a lot of people know about that either, so that's no, a really, really good little thing to mention. It's just amazing, and just walking around it, it looks so real. 
Um, and I, I just kept gravitating back towards Radiator Springs just because of how amazing it was. And you just wandered around. It felt like you were on Route 66. Uh, and seeing all of the kind of cozy cone uh, kind of food outlets and all that sort of stuff. Just, yeah. yeah. I think when you walk in Radiator Spring Races as well, it's great to walk straight down um, the main street. Yes. But see, when you come in from the right-hand side through Pacific Wharf, that's when you get that um, vista. Yes, you do. And I think that's when the what's called forced perspective that's when it works yeah. the best it's just amazing genuinely, and it looks incredible genuinely amazing and it's like yeah it, the one if there was anything that um i would pick up and put somewhere put in paris i'd put radiant springs because i just loved it absolutely loved it um avengers campus was awesome proper geek out in Avengers Campus. Web Slingers, I can't wait for Web Slingers to open in Paris. Uh, it's just really clever kind of development from sort of Toy Story Midway Mania uh, and the technology is really cool and the story is really good um, and I, I think it just works really, really well um, and it's going to be a really good addition. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is phenomenal. Um, Thank would, you! Thank would, I, you. would I be upset if we got rid of Tara Terra in Paris? Absolutely not. No, it's incredible. It is unbelievable. We wrote it several times, had several iterations, different songs, etc., etc. Uh, I was really worried, like I must say, you know, when we first went, was it going to be any good? But it's just amazing. It's, um, they've made it really fun. Yeah, they really have. Yeah, they really And it's really already have. a fun ride. Yeah. That? So that sounds a bit kind of like, mm, how can you make a fun ride fun? But it's the whole atmosphere and the whole build up to it. They've yeah. made the ride experience fun. Yeah. Absolutely, and it, yeah, it's just brilliant. So I loved it, and I'd have written that more times than we had if I could have done. Um, but you'll notice there's a lot of the kind of praise is going to California Adventure. California Adventure as a park is just amazing. It's kind of like what Walt Disney Studios in Paris should have become, I think. Um, just the way it all works, the different atmospheres and the different areas. And just how it all fits together. I love sort of walking up Buena Vista Street. And you kind of walk up past Grizzly Peak up towards the Avengers Campus. And that kind of like almost festival atmosphere that was going on. I know it's during the Food and Wine Festival, which probably would have helped as well. But just the different areas. Pixar Pier, you know, Cars Land, Hollywood Land. Hollywood Land's probably the one bit that lets the park down for me. Um, yeah. It's less themed. Um, but then you've got like Grizzly Peak is uh, really good and River Run is fantastic um, Paradise Gardens was really nice around there with Pixar Pier attached to it and I, what I really really liked was that kind of this Pacific Wharf almost like food court style hub where it wasn't food court because they were all individual areas but there's a big eating area right in the middle of it I just loved the theming and the idea around that but just as a park I just I really loved California Adventure don't get me wrong I love Disneyland just as much, but I was just, I think California Adventure was the surprise because, like, you go to somewhere like Paris, two parks, you go to the Disneyland Park and you go, wow, it's amazing, it's a Disneyland Park. And then you go to Walt Disney Studios and you go, oh, okay, right, so they've got some work to do here. And I kind of, in my head, had got the idea that this was going to be similar because I know how many problems they'd had with California Adventure, but I was just, yeah, it, it kind of surpassed what I expected it was going to be like. Um, and so that makes me feel really optimistic for the new Walt Disney Studios. Yeah. Because yeah. they're obviously kind of aiming for something a little bit closer to California Adventure with all of the new parts to that park. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I so really that makes me feel optimistic. If they can turn around California Adventure to something amazing, maybe the same thing will happen in Paris. Hopefully. I mean, it's the same sort of parts they're using in Cali to here, so I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. I'm hoping they've learned the lesson. That's what they're going to do. Um, let's. I'll stay in California Adventure I'm at it. World of Colour. Right, how on earth you can make a show, which is basically water squirting in the air and projection, and make it so good, I don't know. It's just such a it, good show. Up there with my favourite Yeah, absolutely. Shows. It is the best thing, I best nighttime thing I saw in the whole trip. The fireworks shows were okay. Uh, Disneyland Forever was all right. 
Uh, I can't say it's one that really is going to stick in the memory. It was cool that we had the projection all the way down Main Street, which was quite quite nice, but but there was nothing there that touched World of Colour in the whole time we were there. It's just so good uh, and so well done. And so, yeah, just really, 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 really good. Um, I'm going to stick in California Adventure for a minute because I want to talk a little bit about food and wine. Now, food and wine was really good. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it was value for money. But then again, I would, argue, I would I would argue that food and wine in Orlando probably isn't also value for money. But it was really good. And we, we actually used it one day as a kind of lunch. And what we did is we bought a pass. It was called a sip and saver pass. And it cost us about $60, I think it was. And you get eight little tokens. And then basically you got to go round all of the different stalls and all those bits and pieces and taste all sorts of stuff while you were there. So that's what we did. We had eight and we had all sorts of different bits and pieces. The best thing we had was a Snickers caramel peanut milk chocolate Mickey macaron. That which was delicious. Amazing. Um, and it was like proper tasted like a Snickers. And I, I don't know whether I, should, I think I sent a photo to you of what it was. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, the food was really good there. We had uh, glazed belly pork, barbecue pork at one point. We had a black and tan beef potato puff thing. Uh, we had. I'm trying to think what else we had. I've got to remember. I'm looking through it all now as well. Uh, to see if I can remember. Well, grilled top sirloin uh, from the garlic kissed area. Um, I had a mac and cheese thing at one point as well. Um, but the food was really, really good. But not just the food, the entertainment as well. So uh, down in the Pacific Gardens area, where they got a load of stuff. In fact, I've got, I've got some audio which I'm going to play you. Um, we found. Um, an area to go and sit down and eat and uh they had a california adventure food and wine festival stage in front and while we were sat there eating the music started and we weren't expecting this so let me turn this down because i'm going to play this for you so there was this kind of jamaican reggae band who played this here you go oh that's really loud i'll turn that down we'll try that again listen to this There you go. Um, so they were playing and they what were playing all sorts of stuff. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was really, really good. Really uh, enjoyable. I've got another bop for you. If you want a bop, here we go. This this is right up your street, this one, uh, Susan. So this was in downtown Disney on the first <laughs> evening. We uh, I'll, I'll turn that down. Uh, on the first evening, we, uh, we heard this. Here we go. There you go. Uh, so they were in downtown Disney on one of the first nights we were there, uh, and I was like, "That's cool." Uh, not that I'm. That is so cool. Not that I'm like a massive Encanto fan, as we know, but um, that was quite cool when they were playing that. So I recorded some of that while we were there. Um, where am I? I'm still got. I've still got stuff on me. Good. Uh, da, 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 da. Where have I missed on my list? Just food. And uh, live entertainment, I suppose we just covered that with some of the live entertainment stuff there. Some of the live entertainment stuff in the parks is was amazing. It was like the stuff that you obviously see a lot in Orlando. They had the kind of, um, a lot of the kind of residents of Hollywood out in California Adventure, which was cool. Had a lot of roaming characters, which was really good. And what was great, and it was, um, is while we were there, midway through the trip, they reintroduced you being able to go up and hug characters and stand near characters and that sort of stuff. And that was really cool to see. And kind of being in the park the day that people were allowed to get up close to characters again after two years so that was really cool so all the live entertainment was great um but food just i monte cristo loved blue milk loved 
bread bowl dinner was great. Snacks galore. I, but the, the winner for me, top, beignets. I became slightly obsessed with beignets. Um, I'm not sure how many we ate. Um, but it was a lot. How much are they over there? They're not that expensive. You can buy them in either... It was either four or eight, I think it was. Um, that you bought them in. You could have like a cookie dip that goes with it if you wanted to as well. Um, now, the, the beignets also sells the mint julep. Um, I'll be honest, I can take or leave a mint julep. Which I know is going to upset some people. I think Scandal. that's blasphemy, isn't it? Uh, it yeah. Was, yeah it, it was okay. No, no, sorry, Adam, I've just revoked your Disney card. Oh, fine, right, okay, no worries. Um, yeah, but the beignets are amazing. Uh, love those. Um, what else have I got in here? Um, staying off site, right. Now, I know we've been talking about, uh, on the last episode, we were talking about or when you're in Orlando, you wouldn't stay on property anymore. One of the easiest things with Disneyland is being able to stay off property, not pay Disney prices, and be so close to the park. Um, we Where we stayed, we stayed in the Camelot Inn, which is literally just across the road from the walk-in entrance into Disneyland. And we could walk from our hotel room to the actual gates of Disneyland in eight minutes um, and not pay what you would have paid to stay in a Disney hotel. I, it was just like, it was amazing to be so close to Disney and be able to do that so easily. And it did mean that we would be able to get up early in the morning, go into the parks, do the parks until mid-afternoon, have some lunch, and then sometimes we would come back and just go for, and go for a swim and have a, a bit of a chill out for a couple of hours and then go back into the park again until late into the evening because it was only eight minutes away. Um, so I couldn't recommend enough this idea of staying in one of the uh, hotels just off property because you stay just a bit further down the road, don't you? Is it the Magic Castle you normally stay at, John? Um, I've stayed at a few, to be honest, in the round, but it's always on... Um south harbour boulevard yeah and i couldn't recommend enough i've stayed at the, i've stayed at the castle inn i've stayed at the anaheim hotel which has got like a 1950s vibe so I quite like that because it feels a little bit more disneyland yeah. authentic um and then i've stayed around the corner at the king's inn okay um which is is, is so if, if you're trying to do disney on a budget uh disneyland specifically on a budget the king's inn is perfect it's probably a little bit further to walk it's maybe an extra maybe it's about 15 minutes from yeah. the hotel to the gate yeah, yeah. but um it's opposite a blaze pizza it's opposite starbucks it's next uh, door to a bubble okay. yeah yeah i know where you are um and it's um it's got a pool it's got a jacuzzi the rooms are clean they're yeah. big it's not the most luxurious it's probably a little old-fashioned you could do with a bit of modernizing but if you're just looking for somewhere to rest your head yeah perfect it's perfect and it's not terribly expensive and when i was there the two times I've stayed at that hotel, they did free breakfast. Oh, brilliant. Well, we didn't have breakfast in ours. That's the only downside. Uh, but Camelot Inn, where we stayed, I can't recommend it enough. They've just had a refurb, so all the rooms have just been redone. The pool's pretty Lovely. good. In fact, the pool uh, is in the right place where you can sit in either jacuzzi in the pool and you can watch the fireworks uh, from, yes. from Disneyland, which is awesome uh, to have done that one evening. So that was quite cool. But, yeah, I can't recommend that enough. Uh, staying in one of those but it's also super handy as well staying on any of those South Harbour Boulevard because there's 7-Elevens, there's yep. Walgreens, yep. there's um, and then I think that's about a mile and a half away at about four blocks <laughs> there Target. Yeah, so... so you can easily fill your fridge full <laughs> so... of you know some soft drinks and stuff for breakfast if you've not got breakfast in your hotel. It's 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 just so convenient. So Target's a bit of a, a, a romp. Just uh, we did it. And we went, oh, it won't be far. We've been walking, because we'd obviously spent the week in LA before. We'd walked quite a lot. We were like, yeah, it'll be fine. We'll just keep walking. It's miles away, it turns out. Uh, we ended up getting a bus back because we got all the stuff and it was so far away. But it's still still really convenient anyway. Um, where am I going next to my good? Uh, single rider queues. Single rider queues are fantastic. We discovered the single rider queue for uh, Radiator Springs Racer. And like we're walking on like really. We did Radiator Springs Racers two or three times. And after doing but it's it like Ratatouille, yeah. you usually end up in the same car anyway. Yeah, we did. We just we were on different rows. Um, so that single rider queues, used them in Disneyland because they were fantastic. They just worked really, really well. Queues were always really short for them. There's never too much of a holdup, which was good. Um, this is a bit of a sad one, but I'm going to mention it, uh, which was really cool. So there's a program on um, 
Disney Plus called Disney's Magic Bake Off. Now, I'm guessing none of you have ever watched it. I've watched it. No way. Of course you have. Okay, yes. so so we watched it with our I girls. I watched the first episode. Okay, so we watched it with our girls because uh, they love baking. They're into baking. And um, so Felicity and Penny, who are now nine and ten, uh, watched it religiously. And I said, oh, Gracie, she works in Disneyland. They were like, no, she doesn't. So she does. And they went, okay. I bet you you can't find her. So I said, challenge accepted. So I got in touch with Gracie on Instagram. And you know, usually when people are on Disney telly and stuff like that, you get they probably get people calling out from on Instagram all the time. So I messaged her and said, look, we've had a bit of a challenge from our girls, which is, can we come and find you and uh, say hello? And she said, yeah, absolutely. Just let me know what day you want to come and uh, I'll get in touch with you. And genuinely she did. Um, we got in touch with her on Instagram. Uh, she said, I'm in the park today, uh, working. I'll be free about six o'clock. Meet me here and I'll come and say hello. And lo and behold, 6 p.m., we met Gracie from Disney's Magic Bake Off. We stood and had a chat with her for ages. She said she always loves coming to meet people if you want to. She did a video for the girls to say hello. And then she obviously went back to work. So I got to meet Gracie from Disney's Magic Bake Off, which was pretty cool for us in our house because we watch it all the time. So that was one of my good things. Ah, that's lovely. Yeah, really, really. Well lovely. done, Gracie. Well done, Gracie. And the video that she said yeah, she did. That's a cute the... story. That's a cute story. Yeah, and the video she did for the girls was lovely as well. It was really lovely. Um, so uh, that was really cool to sort of meet Gracie and you know. Um, last one on my good list then, and this is this is this is me done. Um, the Disney Play app. Now, has anybody got the Disney Play app? Nope. Okay, you need to get the Disney Play app, right? Okay, so. The way the Disney I, Play app... I think I do, but I don't think I've utilised it. Right, so the Disney Play app works brilliantly. You've obviously got trivia quizzes and stuff like that that you can do at home. Uh, and we did one on the episode the other week. Um, but it also has games that you can play in the queue for different things. So uh, in the queue for Toy Story Mania, the, you can play games against each other. And then you get to a point where you go into one of the areas and it's got a load of the attraction posters and the game gets you to interact with the attraction posters and then if you complete all of them when you stand in front of one of the posters something happens which is really cool um and then in the queue for peter pan there's another game you can play for peter pan and if you complete the game when you get to a certain point and you're studying certain objects again you press something on the app and it makes something happen so we found it was brilliant in the queues because you got to play all sorts of different games uh and it not just works in california it also works in uh, in Orlando as well. Um, and it was just a really, really nice thing to kind of have in the queues and just play games and pass the time and get it to interact with different things. So um, I don't want to give away what happens in Peter Pan because you obviously haven't done it. But we obviously did it. And what happened, this little girl next to us was like, oh, my God, look, it's amazing. And then I managed to get it to do it again because someone else near us was like, what have you just done? Make that do that again. So we did it again, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it obviously is just something a little bit different. Um, and it interacts with Galaxy's Edge. So there's little missions you can play in Galaxy's Edge. There is like stuff you can do with the fortune teller in New Orleans. Uh, and it all works really, really well. So it's like this almost like unheard of kind of a added extra hidden magic that you can do just by having the Play Disney app. So if you're going out again, make sure you've got the Play Disney app and you can play all sorts of different bits and pieces and trivia and all sorts to keep you going while you're in the queues, which is really, really cool. So I can't rec it's totally free. Um, so I can't recommend it enough uh, if you are out there. And that is my list. And I have no Ooh. doubt I probably missed so much stuff uh, because we did so much. But I don't know if there's anything you're going, hang on, you haven't mentioned this or you haven't mentioned that or... No. What was your favourite <laughs> ride overall? Oh, yeah. Rise of the Resistance, without showing that. Indiana Jones okay. is also pretty amazing. Uh, and I know, John, you kind of mentioned about Indiana Jones and saying you got to ride it. It that... craps all over Dinosaur. Oh, absolutely. It's like Dinosaur. They, they went... It's the exact same track layout as well. Yeah, and but Dinosaur is just nothing like Indiana Jones. The Indiana Jones ride is amazing. Especially, you probably um, can see where you're going. In, well, yeah, you uh, can. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, uh, but it's just so clever. Uh, such a clever ride. It's massive, like you say. Uh, if anything, it, the, it takes just as long to walk through the queue as it does to actually ride the ride. 
but it's yeah it's superb it's really really good jungle cruise is looking good since it's makeover as well but without show that it's rise of the resistance wins hands down for me it's going to take a lot to beat that what did you think of um disneyland space mountain compared to orlando's um i quite like the, the way the sound works which is quite cool because the way the sound follows you uh but it's not hugely different um but i quite it's it's very different i'm trying to remember clearly enough the orlando one but i don't remember there being much different between the two See, I find that Orlando's Space Mountain and the Matterhorn are much more similar. Yeah, so Matt. Oh, that's the other thing I missed off my good list. I've got to mention it. Uh, the, the the funny Matterhorn game. So, this is hilarious, and I shouldn't laugh at this. It's awful, but I think I mentioned this in a in a text to you guys, which is, um, so on the Matterhorn. Obviously, if you want just back sorting, go on the Matterhorn. It'll crack every bone in your body. Um, there's a point in the Matterhorn where you get on. And they ask you to start putting your seatbelts on. And while you're putting your seatbelts on, the ride vehicle moves forward. And then it suddenly stops. But people are so concentrating putting their seatbelt on that it stops and they smack their head on the seat, on the, the soft bit of the seat in front of them. And we obviously realised this and went, we must remember when we get on that we've got to make sure we're conscious we don't hit our heads. The number of people who kept doing it were like, they're going to do it. Yeah, another one. Yeah, they're going to do it. Another one. So how are you not noticing this, people? When you're going on this ride, that you're going to have to be careful at this point because you're going to smack your head on this. Everyone kept doing it. It's very entertaining. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I can see what you mean by Matterhorn being similar. Definitely. I just find, I think Orlando's Space Mountain is a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, it certainly feels a little bit faster, yeah. But I just think that's because they've got two in the same space if you want aggressive for a uh for kids right for a family roller coaster it's goofy's flying school my word oh whoa <laughs> <laughs> genuinely like i thought i was gonna die it's all good my sister's uh ex-boyfriend broke his phone on that no <laughs> i'm not surprised yeah, it was in his pocket and it just took one of the corners I'm not and surprised. <laughs> yeah there you go uh anything else no no just trying to think if there's any other rides. Oh, like um, Haunted Mansion. Love which Haunted one Man. would you prefer? Uh, which one? Oh, oh, now. There's only difference is one is Florida's got an extra room. Yeah, well, Florida's got the obviously the, the library, the, the infinity staircase, and all that sort of stuff, hasn't it? Which yeah. isn't in Disneyland. I. In terms of the outlook, if you were compare Paris and and California, I California all the way. Uh, that's a good question. I'd probably go Orlando over Disneyland, but Disneyland is still the classic original, I suppose. Um, which is quite nice. The Hatbox Ghost in the California version, brilliant. Oh, it's good. Have yeah. it, so that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I probably the Orlando version just pips it with the new additions, I guess. And you've you've got kind of like the animated um, hitchhiking ghosts at the end. Did you do the submarine voyage? wasn't open. Oh, no, Nemo. Yeah, they were still fixing Nemo. We went on the monorail and we could see, obviously, all the work they were doing to it, but it's, it was still closed when we were there. Um, so we missed that. We didn't get Magical Map. That was still closed. Um, obviously, No, Magical there. Map's never coming back. It's turned into a Lion King show. Right, okay. So that'll be what it is. Because that's what Disney needs. Another freaking Lion King show. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but obviously, a lot of the... Susan, you laugh, but where's the lie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not because I know you're a monster. <laughs> it's true. I don't <laughs> think there's a theme park, a Disney theme park, or a Disney resort in the world that doesn't have a Lion King no, show, that is true. and you're it right. needs to stop. Yeah, it's true. I don't. Do, I... Everyone loves Lion King, though. Yeah, but enough that there needs to be a show in every park. No, agreed. <laughs> agreed. I, don't I don't know, but just stop now. And and this is bring my... back Forest of Enchantment, please. So. This is my controversial thing, right? Uh, well, I don't know whether it's controversial or not. I think I prefer Disneyland to Disney World. That's not controversial at all. That's just how normal people think. I just, it felt like <laughs> such an intimate park. The experience was just so much more. Uh, the thing I liked oh. it is it felt What did so you think of casual. Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> That's trippy, isn't it? And what was the refurb like on Snow White? 
Yeah, that's all right, actually. I don't mind the refurb on Snow White. Uh, I actually think they've done a really nice job on it. Uh, still, obviously, similar to the original story. But they've added some really nice touches to it, which I actually quite like, which is good. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not mad at that. It was actually pretty good. But I just... what I, And I think... Don't get me wrong. I still love Disney World. But what I, you find in Disney World is you've got so much to do that it's just this mad rush where you're here and there and everywhere and all that sort of stuff. And you have to, and I understand that. With Disneyland, it was just so much more relaxed and we just got to take things in and we got to just wander and spend time in the park and just enjoy that without the fear of knowing I've got three other parks to do in the next 10 days sort of thing. And that's one I of the things I love about I think as well it. with Disneyland, one of the things that people do not realise until they get there. So when you say, oh, California and Disneyland, they're opposite each other. Yeah. I don't think people realise how... Just how opposite, yeah how opposite and how yeah, close they are like the the entrances are literally yeah. opposite each other yeah it is mad just how close they are about a hundred and what 200 feet apart yeah about that it's got to be something it's like really that. not it's not they're not far they're so close together and to be able to just hop between the two parks is really really good but i you know don't get me wrong i'd still go to disney world i really would but i just love the feel you know the only i'm, I'm gutted that walt walking in walt's footsteps wasn't open uh, I'd have oh, loved yeah, to have done I that. Yeah. Yeah, they Do you know what? Been. Do you know what, Adam? It's a reason to go back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that I and the original back. Pirates. Uh, yeah, because obviously Pirates wasn't open, which was sad. But I'd, I'd go back in a heartbeat. Um, you know, I've, now I've forgotten what it's like to sit on a plane for that long. Uh, I'd go back in a heartbeat. Uh, and particularly now you have to wear masks. There was 11 and a half hours with a mask on was not nice. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Would you say that five days is about the right amount for a first visit? You could do it in less, but I think we just went and looked at, we went and revisited attractions. We took it easy. We had a really lovely time and kind of stopped and ate and sat around and people watching that sort of stuff. So if you're kind of like, yeah, proper true Disney fan who wants to take everything in, I'd go five days. That shadow of a doubt. We just loved it. So, yeah, I would, yeah. Um, I'm glad we did That's five. I was worried. Hoping for. I was worried that we'd overdone it with five days originally when we obviously, the first day in Disneyland, we'd done quite a lot and we were doing really well. And I thought, oh, have we done have we overdone it with five days? But no, I loved it. Just, just being able to see everything and wander around everything and just eat stuff uh, was amazing. Just eat stuff. Yeah, and we really did. We just tried everything. Uh, we're just like, I'll give that a go. We'll give that a go. Was there any sort of like special like? Because you, did you go during Easter? Was there any special like Easter treats yeah, or Easter had, things that were happening? They had like an Easter hunt that was going on where you could go around and find mini Easter eggs, and you won one at the end of it. And we thought about doing it, but in the end, we we just thought that no, we'll just go and do all the other rides and bits and pieces. Uh, but there was nothing major other than that that was going on for Easter weekend. Obviously, they were gearing up for the return of the electrical parade and all that sort of stuff. Of which. I I do agree with John, it's looking old now. The electrical parade needs, yeah. They just need to retire yeah, it now. Do, it let, her, to let her go gracefully. Yeah, it just needs to retire a little bit now. Um, and, yeah, because there's other better stuff that they can the, the, the Main Street electrical parade is basically share. <laughs> just, they put it away, and then every few years they just wheel it back out, and they're like, oh, look, farewell to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I do agree with you. I, see, I know what you mean. Only, is... only the Main Street Electrical Parade has not had nearly as much work as Sherham. <laughs> <laughs> it's you can see it looks old now, you know, and and seeing it as it goes past, and it's you know it is it is lovely still, and it's great to have seen it again. But but you're right, it is now at that point where. It just... What did you think of Small World with the character edition? That was quite nice. Yeah, picking. They're not distracting. No, at all, they're not distracting they? in the slightest. No. Uh, you know, you know, I want to stick a bomb under it. It's a small world. It's fine, uh, but um, actually, yeah, I quite like the the character additions in there, which is quite nice. What 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 are people so negative about it? Just people were like, oh, it doesn't fit in with the theme, and then yeah. and it's like they're, they're uh, too distracting. Yeah, I just like, I thought they they batted them quite sensitively. Yes. Yeah, I think they have as well. So. They still have those Mary Blair elements to them. Yeah, and actually, what I like is the very last float that they've done for the finale of Main Street Electrical Parade. All of the characters on there are very Mary Blair style. Yeah, I'd seen that, yeah. Which is quite nice. Um, so it's quite a nice addition to the end of it. 
But um, yeah, there we go. That's my Disneyland trip. And yeah, will I be going back? Absolutely. When? I don't know. But yeah, I'll absolutely go back again. Oh, I'm uh, so yeah, glad you finally got to go. Finally got to go. Finally made it. Like 18 months delayed. But yeah, I loved it. And it was just, yeah. And I'm really glad you enjoyed it. it makes me, that Aww. makes my heart happy. Yeah, I enjoyed it very, very much. Yeah, I had a fantastic time. <laughs> and the castle is so cute. Yeah, no, I've got to tell you this story, right? Okay, so, castle. <laughs> so I've got to tell you this story. So obviously I know that the castle's much smaller. And Gwen's not really understood that the castle's much smaller than it is. And uh, we can't come through uh under the the train station we we walk round and then we come round to see the castle for the first time and i see it and i go wow and gwen goes oh <laughs> that was her first reaction literally oh that was it to the castle because of how much smaller it is <laughs> and everything else i was like i told you it was smaller it knew it was smaller but yeah it just uh, she uh yeah it was like just oh straight away was quite funny but there you go um but she got over that so good oh do you know what actually that's really nice the walkthrough of Sleeping oh, the Beauty's walkthrough, Castle yeah, I forgot about with the that. little scenes and stuff that they've done in there, all the little animated scenes is really nice. That's another one that kind of people kind of gloss over as they go through the park. That's they do. Fun. A lot of people don't even realise it's there. And it's nice to see Mr. Toad's Wild Ride again. Uh, even though, again, it's that, that's looking old. But it was nice to ride Mr. Toad's Wild Ride again. Mm -hmm. Right, okay, we could go on forever, so I'm going to stop here. Uh, and it's time for... There we go. Well, thank you very much for joining us on a little bit of a tour of Disneyland. Uh, thank you, John. Thank you all. Thank you, Katie. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> where are you? You're like miles away from your microphone in a cupboard. Uh, and thank you, Susan. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do DisneyBrit at Hotmail.com. Uh, you can, of course, get us on Instagram, which is at DisneyBrit, on Twitter at DisneyBrit, and on Facebook, which is also DisneyBrit as well. Uh, we will be back uh, next month with another episode where we're going to talk about, I don't know what yet, it'll be something exciting, I have no doubt. Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us. It's, it's lovely to have you, and uh, hopefully uh, somebody somewhere will have heard about the Little Disneyland trip and it will have uh, helped people out. But, of course, if you've got any questions to do with that at all, get in touch. We're more than happy to answer them. Obviously, I've been now, which makes me just as much of an expert as John. <laughs> Not. Um, oh, Tiki Room. Yeah. Anyway, so um, that is from, uh, is from us. We will see you next month. Have a lovely end of May, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Walt, for building Disneyland. <laughs>